Section 23 of Lives of the Ancient Philosophers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lives of the Ancient Philosophers by Francois Fenelon. Section 23. Xenocrates. Succeeded Spusippus in the government of Plato's school in the second year of the 110th Olympiad. He governed it twenty-five years, and died in the third year of the 116th Olympiad. Xenocrates had been deemed one of the greatest philosophers of the ancient academy, and was distinguished for his probity, prudence, and chastity. He was a native of the city of Chalcedonia, and was the son of Agathenor. From the earliest years of his youth he was the disciple of Plato, to whom he attached himself so strongly that he even followed him into Sicily to the court of Dionysus the tyrant. Xenocrates was amiable and studious, but somewhat dull. When Plato compared him with Aristotle, he used to say that one wanted a bridle and the other a spur. At other times he would jokingly say, With what horse must I yoke this ass? Xenocrates was also serious and very severe, so that Plato sometimes said, laughing at him, Xenocrates, pray go and sacrifice to the graces. Xenocrates passed his life in the academy. When he entered the streets of Athens, which seldom happened, all the vicious young men of the town were waiting his approach to torment and insult him. He had to endure the most artfully concerted trials, the most skillful snares, and the most seducing artifices. Such is the empire which may be gained over the passions that he was invulnerable to the most pressing temptations. Phryne had laid a wager that she would subdue the austere Xenocrates. One day, when he had drunk more than usual, she entered his house, elegantly attired, but notwithstanding the great length of time she remained with him, she could not succeed in her enterprise. Full of resentment to see her presumption frustrated, she endeavored to hide the disgrace she felt by uttering sarcasms which are but too often the weapons of the wicked and the weak. Xenocrates was very disinterested. Alexander sent him one day a large sum of money. Xenocrates took but three Attic minae and sent back the rest. He said to those who had brought him the present, Alexander has many people to support. He must have occasion for more money than I. Antipater wished to make him a similar present. Xenocrates thanked him, but would not take it. Whilst he was in Sicily, he won a crown of gold as a reward for having distinguished himself at a drinking match. He would not profit by it, but as soon as he returned to Athens, he deposited his crown at the foot of the statue of Mercury and consecrated it to that god to whom he often presented crowns of flowers. One day, Xenocrates was sent to King Philip with several other ambassadors. Philip feasted them and gave them magnificent presents. He also granted them several audiences and influenced their minds so greatly that they were ready to do whatever he pleased. Xenocrates was the only one who refused to share the gifts of Philip and who was never present at any of his feasts and would not even appear in the conferences he had with the others. When they returned to Athens, they published that it had been useless to send Xenocrates with them as he had been of no service whatsoever. The people were discontented on hearing this. They were even thinking of making him pay a fine. Xenocrates discovered 
in what manner things were going on and cautioned the athenians to be more careful than ever of the affairs of the republic for that philip by his presence had so seduced the ambassadors that they were all devoted to his interest but that as for himself philip had not been able to prevail upon him to accept his gifts the contempt which the people were beginning to feel for xenocrates was now suddenly converted into esteem he was everywhere talked of philip acknowledged openly that of all the ambassadors that were sent to him xenocrates was the only one who had distrusted his presence and would not accept any during the war of lamia antipater made several of the athenian prisoners xenocrates was deputed by the republic to negotiate their deliverance with antipater when xenocrates arrived antipater wished to begin by making him dine with him before they settled anything xenocrates replied that the feast must be postponed for that he would not eat until he had terminated the business on which he had been sent and delivered his fellow-citizens antipater was moved by the attachment which xenocrates evinced for his country and immediately sat down with him and examined the case antipater admired greatly the abilities of xenocrates the affair was promptly decided and the prisoners restored to liberty when xenocrates was in sicily dionysus said to plato some one will be taking off your head for you xenocrates who was then present answered that will never happen until mine is taken off another time antipater being at athens bowed to xenocrates xenocrates who was then delivering a discourse would not interrupt himself and only answered antipater after having finished what he had to say when the philosopher Speusippus, nephew and successor to plato in the academy found himself old and infirm and approaching his end he sent for xenocrates and begged him to take his place xenocrates accepted it and began to teach publicly when any one came to his school that knew neither music geometry nor astronomy he used to say my friend go from hence for you are ignorant of the foundation and of all the charms of philosophy xenocrates espied glory and pomp he loved retirement and every day passed several hours in private the athenians had such a high idea of his probity that one day having appeared before the magistrates to give evidence in some matter as he approached the altar to swear according to the custom of the country and what he said was true the judges arose and would not suffer him to do so telling him that his swearing was useless for they believed him on his word polemon son to philostratus of athens was a very debauched young man one day he premeditatedly entered the school of xenocrates in a state of intoxication with a crown upon his head xenocrates who was then lecturing upon temperance so far from interrupting himself continued his discourse with more force and vehemence than before polemon was so affected by it that from that moment he renounced all his debaucheries and made a firm resolution to reform his past misconduct he executed it so well that in a short time he became very clear and succeeded xenocrates his master xenocrates composed many works both in prose and in verse one of them he dedicated to alexander and another to Hephaestion. as he cared for no one he made himself several enemies in the republic the athenians determined to find him or to cause his death demetrius of phalaris who was held in great reputation at athens brought him and restored him to liberty and managed so well that the athenians contented themselves with sending him into exile xenocrates being eighty-two years of age 
fell one night against a basin which stood in his way and immediately expired he flourished under lysimachus in the hundred and second olympiad and had taught in the academy twenty-two years end of section twenty-three